Welcome to LilyPod Episode 5, Cultivating Love for Thyself. Welcome to LilyPod with Jeff and Kathy Teichert. We are certified life coaches and we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Together we founded Love in Later Years. Our messages are directed towards mid-singles and remarried couples, but we also welcome anyone who enjoys personal development and enriching relationships. In our second episode, we talked about the energy of love and how our greatest commandments are to love God, ourselves, and our neighbors. Self-love can be the hardest of these for some people, especially for those of us who tend to be hard on ourselves. Sometimes self-love is the most neglected priority, either because we think we are too busy or we're taught to put others first or because it seems like an afterthought, love thy neighbor as thyself. We don't see it as an afterthought at all. It's a fundamental responsibility to care for our own well-being And for this podcast, we're going to explore practical and scriptural ways to cultivate self-love and self-care. You may not believe that you have enough time as a single parent. Uh, You try to play all these leadership roles for your family and providing for the nurturing and financial resources for your children largely or even entirely by yourself can feel daunting. Um, However, Our bodies are not meant to run faster than they have energy for. Renewing our energy with adequate rest, good nutrition, and taking time to relax and recover is not a luxury. It's essential. You know, as we've had coaching clients, that's one thing we hear a lot of uh, single parents say is that they don't have enough time for themselves. Right. And the truth is, We've all got the same 24 hours. Now we tend to fill it up. And sometimes when we find ourselves as single parents, it's easier to fill it up. Uh, But about the time the clock strikes midnight, that pretty much wraps it up. So we've all got the same 24 hours a day. And somewhere, somewhere in that 24 hours, there's got to be a little time for exercise, for scripture reading, for whatever renews you. And if you don't have that, you don't have a life. Right. And we can get into this more when we do our episodes on thought work, but you know, how we think about our time and how we think about ourselves and how we prioritize taking care of our, our bodies and our minds um, is, is a choice. And Kathy, isn't it true that, you faced some real education as a single parent when you were super busy and and had some experiences that kind of were a wake-up call for you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I learned that not enough self-care can lead to very serious consequences. As a single parent, I plowed through. I was determined to do everything that I thought I was re- that was required of me and to continue accomplishing everything I wanted to while also taking on this huge responsibility of caring for my children and the financial responsibilities of the home and also the home itself. I had a huge yard and 
um, that could be a full-time job in and of itself. Well, I was also running a private violin studio and um, I was just, I was running on fumes. I was living on adrenaline. It, it wasn't good for my health at all. I remember when we were early in our dating back in 2016, coming and spending an entire Friday, I think it was, helping you get your yard ready for winter. And, you know, I felt like I barely made a dent because that was such a huge yard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I in 2017, I remember having a pretty elevating year in that I felt inspired to do certain things and take certain steps to reduce stress and pressure in my life. And I ended up selling that home and moving into a neighborhood with an HOA. And that was so much better for me as a single mother. And um, it was a good move for us. I knew I either faced it another summer of yard work or a big move. And either way, I was facing a lot of work, but it seemed like God just kind of plucked me, picked me up and plucked me here. And, you know, we live in that home now that Kathy's talking about having moved to. And honestly, uh, having a smaller yard that's less work is, is what I want too. And part of the reason is instead of being out pushing a lawnmower, I want to be doing podcasts like this for you guys. And, uh, and that's where my heart is. And not, I had no not idea. mowing a lawn. Yeah, and I had no idea any of that was coming. And I am grateful for that opportunity, too, to spend time writing our book last year that will be coming out this fall. And also um, starting Love in Later Years and growing this, this community of support for our mid-single friends. I think one of the things that attracted me to Kathy... Uh, in the beginning of our relationship was she was she was very big on self-improvement and personal development. And, and I was in a phase of my life where that was very important too, and, and still is. But we were both reading books and learning. And, and I think though, the way that showed up in her life sometimes was what she has described, like trying to do so much and move so fast and sometimes self uh, self care well i believe personal development involves self care and that uh, learning how to pace ourselves as we as we develop is an important part of that formula right and also holistic health um, because personal development in our minds and in our emotional well-being is is definitely a noble cause, but we also have bodies that need a lot of care. And it wasn't until my body crashed that I fully realized how important self-care is and that I'd been neglecting some really important factors. Uh, it was a huge and extreme wake-up call for me. I ended up with an autoimmune condition and a couple of digestive disorders. And for the last three and a half years, I've been recovering from and a the, back that went out. Oh my goodness, yes. I had three herniated discs and my back was in so much pain and I couldn't take uh, any kind of anti-inflammatories and I had to change my diet and it was, it was really, it became very difficult. And I had built my spiritual foundation, but even that within about six months was really crumbled 
um, because of this extreme lack of energy and ability to function. Um, and, you know, it, it's taken me a long time to recover from those, what I call mid-single super mom years. And I, if I could, if I could counsel, you know, single moms and dads out there, um, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot on your plates, but just make sure you're taking care of yourself the best you can. Um, because, um, I believe that a concerted effort to take better care of yourself is something that God can help consecrate. Um, he can consecrate our efforts when we ask him to and magnify the health benefits of whatever we're able to do for ourselves and make it enough for now. Yeah. And your children, even as a single parent, I know that's a huge priority, uh, but your children need the best version of you. And so you owe it to yourself as well as to your children to take good care of yourself so that you're more patient, so that you're more supportive and all of those things we want to be for our kids. My journey through the mid-single years had kind of an opposite problem to the one Kathy had in terms of self-care. I um, kept reflecting on President McKay's statement, no other success can compensate for failure in the home. And I felt like I had failed in the home, so why should I care about any of the rest of it? Um, you know, if no other success can compensate, what's it all mean or what's it all worth anyway? Which, of course, in retrospect, that made it much harder to take care of whatever remained of the home that I had um, and the family that you know, I had a broken family, but I still had children to take care of. And so it didn't serve me. And I'm, I'm sure President McKay wouldn't have intended me to take his words like that. But it was something I sort of did to myself. And I want to make a point that applies to both the, the crisis that Kathy went through, as well as the crisis that I went through, which, you know, put me in a bad place in, in business and career for a few years. Regardless of anything I do or don't do in my career, God loves me. And regardless of what Kathy does or doesn't do in her personal development or personal life, God loves her. And I think it's really important that we make that our starting point. I talked yesterday about the King Follett discourse uh, that Joseph Smith preached and he said it was the first principle of the gospel to know the character of God. And he also went on to say, if men do not understand the character of God, they do not understand themselves. Why, why would that be? Well, because we're his children, right? We are his heirs. We have the potential to become like him. And, and until we understand that, we don't even really know who we are. And the idea that no other success can compensate for failure in the home. Well, if I have an eternal perspective, I know that my divorce was a temporary and, and in the scheme of things, a relatively small setback on my journey toward eternal exaltation. And But at the time, it felt absolutely massive, right? At the time, it felt absolutely massive and my self-esteem took a huge hit from it. I want to turn really quickly to the book of Moses and the Pearl of Great Price and just 
refer to, to something that I think is really important here. Moses basked in the glory of God on Mount Sinai for six weeks. And, and Mo, God told Moses, I have a work for thee, Moses, my son, and thou art in the similitude of mine only begotten. And mine only begotten is and shall be the Savior, for he is full of grace and truth. Now, he says further, Behold this one thing I show unto thee, Moses, my son, for thou art in the world, and now I show it unto thee. And he shows Moses all of his creation. But when, uh, when Moses' natural strength returned to him, and he was and God, he was no longer directly in the presence of God. Satan came tempting him, saying, Moses, son of man, worship me. And what does Moses say? This is very interesting. Moses looked upon Satan and said, Who art thou? For behold, I am a son of God in the similitude of his only begotten. Where is thy glory that I should worship thee? And he says, Get thee hence, Satan. Deceive me not, for God said unto me, Thou art after the similitude of mine only begotten. And as, as we go on, we find that Satan ultimately is commanded to leave Moses' presence. But what gives Moses his power over Satan? What gives Moses his power over Satan is that he has been taught and received a burning fire of testimony on Mount Sinai that he is a son of God after uh, the, the manner of his only begotten and that he is a son of God and heir to his promises. And so in learning to love ourselves, I think we have to follow that example of Moses. We get our self-esteem, our self-image, our self-love from the fact that we know we are beloved sons and daughters of a loving heavenly father and heavenly mother, and that uh, we have the potential to become like them. And so that's, you know, if that's not a reason to do self-care, uh, nothing is. And when Jesus Christ said, love thy neighbor as thyself, if you love yourself because you are a child of God made in his image with infinite potential and who is beloved of God. Well, how do you love your neighbor? You love your neighbor for all the same reasons, right? So I believe that's how we love our neighbors as ourselves. Well, and when we really understand the divine worth of imperfect humans on this earth, it's a lot easier to love, love ourselves, love each other with grace and, and compassion. I love the, the theme that recurs throughout the New Testament, you know, in the Lord's prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us or, um, you know, the, the scriptures that say, uh, that basically that we will receive the mercy we extend to others. And 
I think that's really important. Right. And since we're talking about self-care, there's also <laughs> such thing as self-forgiveness. And sometimes that can be the hardest. Right. Sometimes we're harder on ourselves than anyone else would be. Right. And forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves, whether it's something that we did we need to forgive ourselves for or something that someone else did that we then release from our our bodies and and allow it not to be stressful to us anymore. Right. That that can cause the, the holding on to a, a painful feeling uh, can can cause us to to go through a lot of anxiety. And that's a painful way to live. And, you know, I think a lot of us, me included, uh, I spent years achieving various things, getting through law school, getting a postdoctoral degree, developing a career, and virtually everything I had achieved in life uh, came through fear and anxiety. And trying to find another deeper, better motivation right. uh, was scary because letting go of the fear is kind of like, you know, letting go of that security blanket, that thing that you'd always counted on to pull you through in a pinch. And yet I was so tired of being constantly fearful that it just made me sick to be under stress of any kind. And I had to learn a different way. You know, and I've been approaching uh, weight loss and weight management a lot differently than I ever have before in my life through self-love and uh, self-care rather than rules and regulations that I deprive myself of things, you know, and it's, I think it's leading to a lot more self-love and acceptance and progress that will be a lot more permanent uh, for myself. For um, And it's a similar, when you've talked about this, when we've talked about this, I think there are similar ways of changing basically a similar focus or a similar uh, desire to a much better motivation. Yes, and I think that motivation can begin with the idea that we are children of God and we deserve to be happy. Uh, and to the extent that we believe achieving certain things is going to add to our happiness, then we, we are motivated to do it, but not from fear, from hope, from aspiration. From love. And enthusiasm. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. We're Right now we're talking about loving ourselves with self-care and and uh, and cultivating that in our previous podcast uh, we talked about de developing and cultivating love for God and in our next podcast we'll be talking about cultivating love for others and you know really as we've as we've broken them down we really can't talk about one without it affecting others I mean really, they all go hand in hand. You know, it's not linear. It's not a straight line. They're not completely definitive. Uh, as we, as we raise our love for 
any of those, we raise our love elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's true. As we increase our capacity to love, we love more. Right. And it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily discriminate. Right. You know, just to, to summarize, we can remember that asking God to consecrate our self-care efforts can enhance our results. He will inspire our, our desires and um, our inspire, inspire what we can do to be most effective and helpful with the t- you know limited time that we have, um, and that um, we can do enough for our personal needs with that inspiration and with His help. Um, God appreciates when we're willing to take time out of our busy schedules to lovingly care for the body and mind He's blessed us with. And if we'll spare the time and energy we realistically can with all that we have on our plates, he will make up the difference. And remember, as like Moses did, your power comes from the fact that you're a child of God made in the image of his only begotten son, and you know it. And that faith uh, is a great source of power over discouragement, which is one of Satan's biggest tools. Right. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. Remember that any time is the right time for more love in your life. Thanks for listening to Love in Later Years. Catch you next time.